I'm Shaq. And I'm Jack. And you're listening to Coffee with Shaq and Jack. The podcast where we're going to talk life, business, and probably, or most definitely, a bit of bullshit. I'm live, apparently. What is going on Instagram and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast platforms? How are we? I hope we're all good. I'm waiting for Jack to jump on, as I always am, and hopefully he shows up. But if you're jumping on, let me know how you are, let me know where you're tuning in from, wins for the week, all that good stuff. Let's get some energy going in the chat. Jack is here, I'm now going to ping him in here. Go, and we'll wait for him to join. Good morning, we're here, we're live. Hello, sir. So, episode four of Coffee with Jack and Jack. Let's be completely transparent and say, if you're watching on Spotify, then you'll see that last week there wasn't an episode uploaded. That's because we recorded this episode twice and lost it both times. Okay, so... But I will say something. When you listen to the intro, you know some of this is going to be bullshit anyway. So if last week was bullshit, we didn't get it recorded, then... We kind of yeah. covered ourselves anyway. <laughs> you did know that you were getting yourself in the bullshit. So, it's what it is. Um, how are you this week, mate? Yeah, good. Feeling fresh. Got a haircut. Got a fresh trim. Fresh fade, oh, yeah. which you probably oh, need. Yeah. So, IGTV. If you're watching on IGTV, just please witness Shaq's sideburns and Shaq's um, little chin yeah. going on there. <laughs> the big thing that we've got going on isn't great, but we'll... we'll Skim over that. I'm going to try and find a barber later that will um, take on orphans. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, what's been going on your week, apart from the fresh lid? Just getting back into the swing of things, like I said last week, but obviously this week has kind of taken it up a little bit more of a notch. So, um, I've got a few things going on, really, like um, just things in the background. So, having that routine back in my life just makes it that much easier to crack on with other things around the day rather than just like having this notepad in my head rather than the notepad in the, you know, the physical yeah. site. We've got a little Scottish one in the comments. Kirsty is there. How are you? I hope you're well. Hello, Kirsty. I hear she's going to work in America, which is pretty cool. But yeah, um, yes. So me this week, been a good week. If you listened to this last week, right? If last week we'd have found the footage, you'd have heard me go on and fucking rant. Last week, I was ranting, and I'll remember why I'm ranting, I'm going to go on the rant again. Okay, so tomorrow now, I'm going away. I was meant to be going away for the night, but I'm not. I'm literally just going away for the day, and I've got to do a 10-hour round-trip drive, right? All because people think it's okay to tell people that they can't have time off, and this is a mad concept that I went on about last week, but I don't know when the fuck we got to a stage that it was okay, right, for people, bosses, companies, establishments, people that don't give a fuck about you, to tell you when you can and can't live life. That was something that I stressed a lot last week. And yeah, something that pissed me off. So I'm going away tomorrow for the day, which will be nice. But I'm not going away for the night because, yeah, fucking... Um, Just saying that... um... Just saying that about you being rejected holiday because you wanted to go away. And I guess, I guess, I don't know the full story, but I guess it's because someone else has got holiday at the same time, probably. Yeah, it's not my um, holiday, it's hers. But yeah, 
two people, <laughs> two people have, that's the thing in it. That's even worse because I could have had time off. Like my boss is my cousin. He'll never tell me I can't have time off. And that's the only reason that I work for him. But yeah, um, she can't get time off. So that is what it is. Yeah, I kind of had the same situation. I think I mentioned this last episode as well. Like, I kind of had the same situation happen in December 2019 when I met Tori. Then I met Tori, and she was going away to Thailand, and I was, like, materialising this Thailand trip. I was searching on Google, like, Thailand, dropping me me on. Every time, every single time, I walked past Jack's desk, every single time. For probably three months straight. Just, <laughs> you know like on Google Maps where you can just drop yourself somewhere and go into street view and see around. That was Jack constantly, eight hours a day. Nothing I'm always just like in real Nothing life I'm not even with just it. Just walking around Thailand on Google Maps, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was walking around, I was looking at that and then I it got to the point where Tori invited me to go away. So I actually you know, I went to my supervisor and was look, I want this time off over Christmas and they were like Okay, then two two days later, they come back and was like, Gemma's already got that time off. You can't have that time off because there's only one, like two people in on Christmas Day. And I'm like, it's Christmas Day. Like, they, we're not going to have any customers anyway. Like, why do you need me there? But it was just policy that I can't take a day off when someone else had a day yeah. off. So in the end, I quit the job and moved on. That's fucking crazy. That's my point, right? Like, jobs are replaceable. Time with friends and family isn't. And the fact that people even think that that's okay and that people even think that they've got the opportunity to do that. And the worst part is we've been so conditioned to believe that that's normal that we just go, okay, no, boss said I can't have the time off work. Roll over. Like, yeah, that's okay. No, it's not okay. It's bullshit. You deserve to be able to live your life how you want. Go and do it. Find a way. Because seriously... Waiting until you're 65 to do it is not a fucking vibe. Not a vibe at all. Not feeling it. But yeah, right. Now that rant's out of the way. I did want to get that in again today because I feel like that was a very important point. Um, What are we talking about today, mate? Tell me. Today is the three different types of leadership styles. So we've got... um, Well, I'm going to outline the three in a minute. Um, But we're going to come from the point of sort of our opinion with being on the other end of those leadership styles. We're going to come from the point of like what we think about those leadership styles, we, we're not going to come from the point of this is how we do our team. Like you you are going to have to do this leadership style to succeed. Yeah. There's various different scenarios that these leadership styles are welcome in. So we're going to go through them and we're just going to give our views on all three. So I'll list all three. Now, number one is autocratic. So that's like the leader which says, this is my way. This is how it's done. This is how you're going to do it. You're not going to have an opinion on how it gets done. Just get the fucking job done. Secondly is democratic. So that's where opinions are welcome. That's where you kind of get with your team. You ask around the team, what do they think? How are we going to do this? How are we going to accomplish this? And then um, you all come together on an agreement. So it's more like, it's more welcoming people's opinions, like I said. And the last one is laissez-faire, which is French. And I'm not, I can't remember the exact translation of what laissez-faire translates to, but it's more the leadership style where, you're like, this is the job. Um, this is what I want at the end of it. I don't care. No, this is the deadline, but I don't care how you get it done. I don't care where you go when you get it done. I can't, don't care what state you are in when you get it done. Just as long as you get it done, it's fine. So yeah, they're the three leadership styles. And that's yeah. I'd just like to make a point on that as well. You know the fact that we've now recorded this three times here. When you now say laissez-faire, sounds like one of them words that doesn't make sense because you've said it too many times. Like, I'm not actually hearing the word anymore. Yeah. 
but that's mental. But yeah, um, go first point autocratic. Let's talk through it because autocratic. Yeah. So have you? Let's actually first of all, I'm going to put you on the spot, mate. Let's list the time in your life when you've dealt with autocratic leadership and how did you? How did you deal with it? Time in my life when I've dealt with autocratic leadership. I dealt with it in hospitality a lot, which annoyed me. I've worked in a few pubs, few bars, that sort of stuff, right? And that annoys me because I feel like that was an environment, right? Like, that was what I call my fun job. Like, they're environments that I thrive in, right? Like, nobody needs to tell me, or I don't feel like anybody needs to tell me, like, how to work behind the bar, do you know what I mean? Like, just let me do my thing. Yeah. And it's like, I do, I do certain things that probably, like, you shouldn't do. I don't know what you shouldn't do, do you know what I mean? If it makes customers happy, then do it. But yeah, I do things that like everybody would love, customers would love, and then management would be like, well, I told you not to do that. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't fucking matter because the customer's smiling and everyone's happy. You power-hungry fucking idiot. So yeah, that, that is... Um... Yeah, this is... I get that, like... Sometimes people kind of come up or take it to heart that you haven't sort of taken their advice or and you, so you've think, gone off your own back and, and used your initiative. Yeah. So I think we've obviously, I don't know, you've been in loads of jobs. You've had fucking tool stations and call centres. Yeah, tool stations. But for me, yeah, I've only kind of worked in hospitality <laughs> and in the motor industry. And in the motor industry, right, you kind of don't get management that tell you how to do the job. Because funny enough, anybody that's in management in the automotive industry can't fix a fucking car, which no. I think is which I think is mental, right? So you don't get that like I told you to do it like that and you didn't. You don't get that so much in the motor industry because nobody actually knows how to do it apart from you. Yeah. Whereas in hospitality, obviously, even the managers are still doing your job. Do you know what I mean? Like they're still serving customers. So there's that thing of like I'm the manager and you should do it this way because that's the way that I know works. As if we've all got the same personality and as if it all, it all makes sense and it doesn't. Kirsty then said, so much rage towards corporate world this morning. Fucking love it. Nah, there's been rage towards the corporate world for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely there. It's not that. this morning. It's yeah. not just this morning. There's it's not, not something in the air. <laughs> but if you, yeah, Jack's been around me this week. Like, the corporate rage is real at the minute. But it's fine, do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to do what you've got to do in life at the end of the day. I'm 20 years old. Not like this forever. We've got the plan. We've got the plan and the blueprint to get out. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people don't find the way out until it's thirty odd. So I've still got ten years. I'm not worried about it at all. It's all good. And just going back to, I know we will get to the point of autocratic in a minute, and like the points, which the the bad points and the good points. But in terms of you saying, oh, this is the manager. He's been around a while. He knows this way works. So do it like him. Like just coming Ooh. from coming from like. Being an being in like a new starter in a job, like all of the times I've been a new starter in a job, I always sort of look up to the person who is speaking to the customers like a fucking human and making the decisions which make. You said that last week, didn't you? About Kev. Yeah. So it's like just looking at the people who are making decisions through common sense and looking at the people who are speaking to the customers like they are people and like they aren't robots. Because if they're speaking to the customers like robots, they're not speaking to them like how they, they're not, they're not being themselves. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. being, they're not being a complete human. Like they're just being yeah. told. They're being like instructed. Do you know what I mean? And like, 
down back to the leadership types. We had that conversation last week, didn't we, where we kind of said with the autocratic leader, right, and the salesman who's been in the job 10 years, right, like the autocratic leadership style is not going to work with somebody who's been in their job for 10 years because you can't tell them how to do a job they've been doing for 10 years. They feel like they already know and they do know. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like you can piss people off that way a lot. But whereas if obviously you're brand new and you've never sold anything before in your life and somebody's saying, right, say this, do this, 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 it makes sense to be autocratic. Do you know what I mean? 100%. 100%. So we'll get on to the, we'll get on to the disadvantages of autocratic leadership. And I think, first of all, it kind of, if you're not keeping your team in the loop of how you're running the place, or if you're not keeping the t- team in the loop of how, you know, how they should be, then it creates a lack of trust. Like you can't trust that person in that the, the superior position because you don't we, know what's going on. We used to have that a lot, didn't we, with 007. I'll say 007 because no one else will know what I'm talking about apart from you. And they'll probably try and do us for copyright or something. But yeah, we used to get that a lot with 007 where, like, they just make decisions and act as if it was in our best interest. Well, how can it be in my best interest if you haven't even asked me? Yeah. Um, Kirsty wants to know who's hoovering. I believe that's you. Anyone hoovering in your head? pissing me off mate it's pissing me off mate honestly yeah it's me it's in the background of this this one um <laughs> mate episode four is now gonna episode four is now gonna have a four three peter tell you it's not right this is this is the episode but i'm glad that these guys are here to listen to it yeah it's all good though um carry on um so yeah, it creates a work culture based on the leader as well. Everything is sort of surrounding that leader and it's all his decision. Um, we can't put this on Spotify, mate. Right? You know that. <laughs> this is incredible. We are. This is going out. That's not an issue at all. Yeah. This is going out. Um, yeah, on. so it, it, everything is based on that leader's decision. Like you said, it's his way or the highway. Um so yeah, it just creates a work culture based on him and it's not so much that it isn't tailored to the people around him, it's tailored to him and only him. Yeah. So yeah, Jack's got somebody cutting down a whole tree in his back garden anyway. So if you are listening on podcast platforms, sorry about the noise, but you are just going to have to bear with and we are going to get a better setup to record so that everything's more clear and crisp in the future. But yeah, you're here now and the value is all that matters, right? So Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Give value. Give a give another one. So it does not offer a sense of professional ownership. So it doesn't offer a sense of like um, if that person completes that task, they're not going to fulfill fulfill fulfilled, um, or they're not going to feel like um, you know they've they've, they've been the reason out. why that task is succeeded. You know, what I mean, they're they're not the reason why that task has succeeded. They're just done exactly what it says on paper. They've yeah. just yeah. And it kills creativity, doesn't it? That's another thing we said. Like with the autocratic style, like you then said, there's no sense of there's no sense of fulfilment from where from the employee point of view. Anyway, it's like yeah, I figured out how to do that. Like yeah, I got that done. You know what I mean? I achieved something today. There's none of that because nobody's giving you a chance to put your own spin on things and be creative because it's just like do this my way. Yep, okay, that's done. You little robot. But yeah. 
And also, like, this point here leads to micromanagement. Like, you never really... I suppose... Yeah, you never really, like... When you're in, when you're in, like, when you're a director, say, for example, like, when you're an employee going to a director, you're like, that, that director don't really want to speak to me. Why don't they want to communicate with me? So it's the, the reason why they're doing that is because obviously they're trying not to communicate with everyone at the bottom. So they're just trying to recruit, communicate with the, maybe the regional managers. So yeah. by, by, getting everyone to do it your way like you're then dealing with the people below the sales assistants and everything so it leads to micromanagement so you're having to talk to all of these people if you are a director as well and so micromanagement from the top is bullshit anyway because you don't see what's going on enough to no. be able to manage i feel like all you do is wind your staff up right and i had this this week so i'll give you a prime example okay i wear airpods now when i work right because i hate the bullshit environment i like to have positivity in my ears my own thing so I wear AirPods when I work. It's not a problem. The work still gets done. The cars don't know that I'm wearing AirPods. Like, they've got nothing against it, right? It's fine. And the head of business came over, and he's speaking to me, and he's all good with me. But then he's gone to my manager, who's obviously my cousin. He's like, ah, oh, Shaq's wearing AirPods. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, okay. Well, that could be a health and safety issue. Why could it be a health and safety issue? Yeah, you know, in case he gets ran over and sues us. That is the true belief of this company. If he gets run over and sues us because he chose to put his AirPods in. It's like, there's no need for this level of management. Just walk off. Like, it's not important to you. And all you're going to do is make everybody else, put everybody else in a shit mood. Right? But then, here's the joke. If I'm using something, some power tools or something like that, Gotta wear earbuds. <laughs> so do you so do you want me to have things in my ear or do you not want me to have things in my ear? Like I can't work it out and that's that micromanagement from the top thing where you just end up pissing your staff off. Don't yeah, do it. Be I, a good I, I was a victim of that in my last job as well. Like there was the showroom and then there was the service centre. So you had to walk from the showroom to the service centre to the customers, if they're having the car serviced and they wanted to wait around, we had to wait in the showroom and we're up the top. So we had to cross sites. Um, and whilst crossing sites, I used to pop my phone out. I used to go on my phone. I had a business at the time. So it was a case of like every minute I got to work on my business, I was going to work on it. Like no one had a say on it. So I was walking back and I popped over my phone, saw a couple of leads, replied to leads. Literally a matter of like, it takes what, 20 seconds to get from site to site. So it's like, I couldn't have had my phone out for longer than 10 seconds. So I got it out, put it back in, sat at my desk, director come down, just looked, just, yeah, Stephen Hawking looking like geezer, comes down, sat next to me and was like, you had your phone out? I was like, yeah. I, yeah, like, I don't, this is what I mean, I don't have a conversation with him because I don't know what to say. I'm like, how yeah, is someone, how, like, where how, does the conversation go? Yeah, like, where does the conversation go? And it's like, I'm not sitting in here working eight hours a day, putting my phone in a locker to then completely forget about my business, to then go home, be tired, to then not have the motivation to work on my business because you're probably in a shit mate. And it's that thing, right? So where does this conversation go? Now, I feel like that a lot of the time, right? So the head of business will come up to me and try and spark a conversation with me, and I know it's only to see what's going on. So it's like, how are you, Shield? I'm good. Because I don't know what else to say to these people. Like, I I get that everybody needs to be friendly, but I'm not going to ask how you are because that's me being fake because I don't actually care 
because I know that you're just trying to get something out of me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I cannot physically bring myself to ask how you are because I don't care. It's insincere. I'm not going to do it to you. So I it's more of a, it's more of a, what do you want? Not how <laughs> That is it. Like, want? yeah, I'm fine. What's up with you? What the fuck do you want? Exactly. You know, jumping on. How are we, mate? I hope you're good. How are we doing, Andy? But yeah. Days of you. Deja vu since you've seen the last coffee with Shaq and Jack episode, eh? We'll come along. I don't think you did watch the last one, but yeah, all good. No, his first one. He was in the first one with us. Oh, he was in the first <laughs> series, wasn't he? Yes, he was. How are you, Mark? You good, bro? But yeah. Um, advantages. Not... Let's move on to the advantages of autocratic leadership. Let's move on to the advantages of that leadership where you say, look, this is the job. I don't care what you do. do. Just get the job fucking done. Um... Now we said we said last week um, that it really helps when you're in um, and it, like in an environment where you need to get the job done, like a militant environment, like somewhere where you need to be serious, yeah. like you need that shit I done. I think that was the number one example, one of where autocratic leadership works, right? Because you can't put your own spin on being in a war zone, right? So, like in the army, in places like this that autocratic leadership style of do this this way now makes sense right it keeps everybody safe make sure everybody knows what's going on but then it also it's good right <clears throat> and we say in the military but it's that thing of because it comes from a place of experience okay so the person who's going to be leading that in the military is going to have been in your position right whereas what we were saying is compared to like are you are you gone or i'm not gone no you just sat dead still. You sat dead still, mate. <laughs> Down to, like, these fucking corporate jobs, yeah, where it's then, like, all you have to do to be a manager is have a degree in something, right? Doesn't have, you don't have to be even slightly qualified for the job. You just have to have graduated university, right? So you're getting the autocratic leadership styles in the army and in the military because this person cares about you and this person has been where you've been. But in the corporate world, you're just getting it from somebody who hasn't done half the work you've done, doesn't know half of the shit you know, and it almost that almost torments. Do you know what I yeah. mean? When I think when you're being led from somewhere or from somebody who hasn't done what you've done, or somebody that you know you're actually more capable than, I think it then turns into torment and resentment, and you end up fucking hating your boss, basically. I think a lot of the time is with it as well. It's just like. I don't know, you're not going to get a promotion because of John's brothers applied for the job. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just various different things that, like, you, when you advertise a job nowadays, I think when you have a job running at your company, I think legally you have to advertise it externally. So anyone that is job seeking, anyone that is applying for a job, that job could already be filled before they even yeah. go to the interview. And like, that's it's, it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you said that, did you say that last week where you said about, the fact that companies have to advertise externally. Yeah. So you have to put an advert out, even if you're going to employ somebody in-house. But new at this I'm pretty there, sure. Yeah. And they're only doing and they're only doing that way because they're on a power trip. And I said that a minute ago, right? It doesn't come from a place of sincerity when it comes from your boss who's on, I don't know, 80 grand a year. And he believes that he's made it. He believes that, like, I had this conversation yesterday with somebody. He's like, yeah, but he has got a 600 grand house. What is that the dream? Is this yeah. what we is, is this what we live our whole life for? We live our whole life for a six hundred grand house. Like fucking like, hell, man! Can we all get... flex some ambition? Like, can we all want more than that, please? 
Like, that is not when you've made it. You've not made it when you've got the 600 grand house that you're paying a £2,000 mortgage on every month. That's not the life. I promise you all. Nah, you're crap. You're like, you're not even, you like an egg before it's been boiled. It's just like, it's just gonna, it's soon yeah, it, yeah, it's very hollow. And I think that's the curse of the middle class or the illusion of the middle class that people have got. But yeah, carry on. Right, another advantage, like I suppose a very, very, very good sort of advantage to autocratic leadership is that it does get the job done quick. Like, you do get the job done a lot quicker when it's your own decision. Maybe it's not the best decision, but if you need a job to be done quick, asking a load of people, asking people's opinions on it, um, or saying you don't care how it's getting done, yeah. it's just going to delay the process. That's another thing in it. I think when you tell people they don't care sometimes, or you don't care how they get it done, sometimes that can take longer. Like some people would rather just be told, do it this way, because some people don't actually want to think. And that's what it said, isn't it? Like, yes, autocratic leadership doesn't allow people to be creative, but there's also members of staff that literally don't want to be creative. There's members of staff yeah. that don't want to think. There's members of staff that want to just walk around dribbling on themselves all day, doing exactly what they've been told to do. Do you know what I mean? So I guess it works for them sort of people. But like I said, if you're somebody who's got a bit of drive, which hopefully you are watching this, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like anyone dribbling on themselves watching this. Um... However, just to throw another spanner in the works, because you said anyone with a bit of drive. Now, that could work the other way like you. You've got drive motivation, but you are just going to work to get paid. Do you know what I mean? You don't, yeah, for sure. you don't want any other extra responsibility, so, yeah. any other me, extra tasks. Yeah, if you tell me while I'm at work, uh, you can do that however you want, I'm, not just, I'm just not going to do it because that's the best way for me to do it how I want to do it. Because truly, the answer is, I don't fucking want to do it. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not... And I said this last week, like, people that want all this responsibility in the job and, like, you know the people, I'm sure you know exactly who I'm thinking of, but somebody who just wants to pick up the extra task. Like, they always want you to give them more so that they can shine, right? But what they don't realise is, all they're doing is letting themselves be taken advantage of. Like, you're giving all of your energy towards these people and giving them loads of ideas and fucking being creative and stuff, right? For their company, who isn't going to pay you anymore for your ideas, they're just going to take them and call them their own. And they don't care. And yeah, that's where I said, like, for me, it's going to work. Actually, at the minute, autocratic works fine because if you tell me to do something, I'll just do that. I won't do anything more. I won't do anything less. I'll just do that. I'll get paid. I'll go home and then I'll build my dream. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. And if you do, if you do get the chance to shine, and you do shine, and then you do like manage to get a promotion out of it, how much is that going to be per year? Do you think yeah. what two grand? I don't three grand? I bet you don't see it every month after tax, though. I bet you literally do not notice the difference on your payroll. Like my mum works for the NHS, bless her, right? And this woman works so fucking hard. She's got three percent payroll. I think she see like forty forty pound a month after tax on a payroll. So that's not a fucking pay rise. That's a fucking liberty. That's what that is. Like, it's not a pay rise. Like, it's, a it's coffee. almost an insult. It's, it's a, a coffee joke. a day. What? It's a coffee, it's a coffee a day. It's a coffee a day. Fuck me, it's 30 <laughs> days in a month. You can't get coffee for any less than £2. You yeah. pay fucking £60 to get a coffee every day. It's mental. I knew it um, in the comments. The difference is... Those people are made for jobs. We're not. We're made for greatness. And that I support completely. 
Do you know I mean, some people are just made, like I said, to walk around dribbling on themselves all day, doing exactly what their boss tells them to. I don't, I'm not saying who's dribbling on themselves, but there definitely are some of them people out there, right? And we're not, we're made to do well, something. And I believe that if you're watching this, you're also made to do something. I always say that because I do believe it. But can I please exclude the the medical professional workers? Like you said about your mum as well, like the NHS people, the police, all of that. We need all of them. They're doing great jobs. Like, this isn't about them. This is about... Everyone's doing a great job. Some people are just shit at their job and they're stupid. Like, I'm sorry, but it just is what it is. Like, that is how some people are. Yeah. Right, let's go to Democratic. Let's move on. I think we spent a lot of time on Democratic. Um, yeah, but... Fucking backups, we're all good. Go. <laughs> What's your fucking back? What, what about your normal back? <laughs> you're, you're a fool, mate. <laughs> um, anyway, democratic disadvantage of democratic. Um, this is the one where you know you you involve other people in your opinions. Um, you ask people what's the best way to get it done. Um, and the first one I'd like to point out is that it does take a little bit longer to get tasks done if you're democratic, or it creates procrastination, which means you won't get the job done at all. Yeah, um, we always say that, don't we? Like, prime example, Lanzarote, Kirsty was there. When it was just me, you and Tori, we made a decision a lot quicker than when there was seven of us living together, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whenever you're trying to take everybody's opinion in, I think it does take longer and sometimes there's not room for it. Like in terms of actually leadership, obviously that's not like they're not important decisions. Do you know what I mean? But I think yeah. when it comes to important decisions to get everybody's opinion, you have to be a little bit more organized. And you also then have to be willing to accept the, the fact that things might not get done your way from when. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Right. I've been guilty of this. You'll ask people their opinion when you don't actually want their opinion. Stop doing that, right? Honestly, stop letting people give give you their opinion when you don't actually want it. Like, if you feel like you can make a decision yourself, then please, please, please make it. Stop giving other people the entitlement to make decisions on your life for you when you want to make them yourself. But yeah. Yeah. Um, just on that as well about decisions, um, it's like... Being democratic and being a democratic leader does not offer the best possible solution. It doesn't offer the best possible scenario because you're off, you're asking every single person at all different levels their their view on the task and how it should be done. So you know, there's going to be people at the there's going to be people with little experience. There's going to be people with a lot of experience. But if you're involved in every single person's opinion, you know, and you're being content with their opinions, and you you know you you're showing them, them, them people that their opinions do matter, then sometimes you're going to take them into consideration and it's going to, I don't know, it's going to be a lot worse taking opinions from a, a base of like beginner to expert than if it was just a team full of experts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Um, I did then have some way to go with it, but I've lost it to carry on. Oh, great. I'm talking about, I'll come back. You lost it like the last yeah. two episodes, mate. That's all I'm saying. Um, Mate, the... <laughs> we got the first one. Fuck up. Go away. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? It ta- like I said in the first place, it takes time to reach a conclusion. It's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. It create. It can create negative emotions. Um, that was what oh, I was going right. to say. That was what I was going to say. Let me go. Right. So democratic as well. You're always going to piss people off. Yeah. Right. When you do something democratically, you have to understand the likelihood is. 49% of people are going to be pissed off with the decision that gets made, right? 
and better you make the decision yourself and some people be wound up than you spend all the time in the world getting loads of people to make that decision just to leave the same amount of people disappointed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was going to... I was actually then going to say something about do you think, like, a democratic leader, like, you've got to be so... If you're now sort of... If you're... If you're a CEO and you're now hiring a democratic leader, you've got to be so careful of how you want that leader to be. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, who are they going to listen to? Um, I don't quite know where I was going with that, but I was going somewhere, mate. But at least they didn't lose it. At least they got half of it. Yeah, you got half of it, but I don't <laughs> understand what you meant. Just move on to the next point. <laughs> um, let's move on to advantages of democratic leadership. Um I think it creates a bit more morale. It creates morale. Obviously, feeling like your view is like valuable and feeling like your opinion is taken with some value, it yeah. creates a lot more morale. So there's a lot of people like actually feeling like they're working for something rather than just working by order. Yeah, I think it brings the, inclusive, the inclusivity, I was about to say. I'm sure that that's not the word that I'm looking for. That cannot possibly be a word Right, inclusivity. The inclusivity, right, where, like, people feel like they're a part of something. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you're being told to do something, you feel like you're working for somebody. When your opinion's being taken in and people are asking for what you, what you think, you then feel as if you're part of something which I feel like can be good for some people. But like I said, then, if you're like me and you're in a position where you're literally just working to pass hours in the day and people ask you your opinion you don't want to give your opinion do you know what I mean like you don't feel like you haven't got an opinion and I think that can sometimes be something for that managers struggle with right because they truly believe that their whole workforce is like fully engulfed in their work which I always think is weird to think that yeah. people just work or to assume that people literally just work for you and go home is weird like, I cannot wrap my head around that thought anymore. Like, I put that story out yesterday, right, where I was saying about this time a year ago, I would have just been going out and getting smashed up because I see the sun in the sky and I fancy the beard. Right, and that is it. Like, my manager just believes that that's it. He believes that we go to work, we go home, we might go for a beer at the weekend, and that's it. That's our whole life. Like, they're not... They aren't counting on you to be doing something for yourself. Does that make sense? Like, so when you haven't got an opinion on what they're doing, they think that you're either thick or lazy. And it's like, well, no, my brain is just occupied with so much more than what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, what you're doing isn't what I'm doing. Like, it's not important to me. Like, I'm not that guy. And yeah, I'm just going to jump onto that story quickly because I told the story last week. But I did want to get into a podcast episode about some news I got last week. The guy that me and Jack both worked with actually last Monday he had a heart attack and last Tuesday morning he was pronounced dead. And yeah, God rest him and all that stuff. I'm sad about it, right? But the thing was, he was the nicest guy in the world, right? But he died at 60 years old of a heart attack and he started working for the company when he was 20, right? So from school, all he did for 40 years was work for this company, right? And obviously, I can't talk for a dead person. I would never try to. But I do feel 
as if he might feel like he left a lot on the table for his life, right? And that's the thing. We all believe that we've got so much time to go about and do our things in like, yeah, one day we'll do that, right? But what you need to understand is not every day is guaranteed for you. And like I said, this bloke died at 60 and everybody was telling me how fit he was, right? Everybody's saying, I can't believe he had a heart attack. Like, he used to bike to work every day. Like, he was so fit. And I'm saying, yeah, but he also spent 40 years working for this company. Whether you believe it or not, being in that environment will breed disease in your body, right? If you spend that long in that environment, it will breed disease in you. I truly believe it. But yeah. Stress, I yeah. It's, it's stress. Like, stress doesn't, like... I was sitting there thinking the other day, like just how stress just creates just all negative energy through your body. And like people with terminal illnesses are told to not fucking stress. Like they're told do not stress because it's just going to make things worse. And me, like when I'm, when I, when I was then going to go compete on stage, I was told for the day before, do not stress. Like if anything pisses you off at work, Jack, you can't stress. Like it's the day before competition. If you stress one bit, the water on your body is going to show you're not going to have these visible muscles when you go on stage, that sort of thing. Like every single ounce of stress matters to your body, but we don't feel like it. We just like, we'll just get on with it. We'll deal with it. Yeah. Just do it. But, it's normal. Yeah. 40 years working for one company for then died before he'd even reached retirement age. And I can't help but feel like he left a lot on the table. Right. So God rest his soul. But please, if you're listening to this, don't let that be you because that could no. be any of us. And it fucking, it baffles me and breaks my heart at the same time that people are willing to accept that. But you know what I mean? If I can change somebody's mind and get them out of that, then all good. So yeah, customer service. Exactly, exactly. Um, like, let's move on. Yeah. Um, now, advantages, more advantages of democratic leadership. Um, team relationships, like if they're, making a, if they're making a decision together, if the people, say for example, if you've got sales assistants, supervisors, directors, CEOs, if the sales assistants are all working together and they're like throwing ideas, bouncing ideas off for each other, um, and they're allowed to do that, you know, they haven't just got to follow orders. Their relationship's just going to get so much stronger. Um, and I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like I like being in that environment where you know you've got to work with people. You're thrown to kind of work and pe work with people in employment because it kind of brings out. Yeah, it does bring out your normal side and your relationship to them, and it brings out your personality rather than just being like, hello, bye. Do you know what I mean? Like the customer. Yeah, said, hello, Mr. I customer, do. Bye, Mr. Customer. That's bringing back that, dem that democracy thing, doesn't it? Which I, I'm still learning on. I'm still learning on taking other people's opinions on. I'm definitely still working on it. It's not a finished project, but none of us are. But yeah, I completely get what you're saying, 100%, and I agree. Yeah. Cool. Um, Let's go on to Leslie Fair. Should we move on to Leslie Fair for the last 15 minutes? Yeah, let's do this one. I like this one. Let's, let's move on to Leslie Fair. I like this one. Um, so we'll just touch upon what Leslie Fair means um, again. And it's the leadership style where you say, look, this is the job. This is the deadline. I don't care where you go. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you're feeling when you do it. Just as long as you come back to me with a finished project, that's all I care about. And I think places like Google... Um, various different online companies offer this within their sort of 
workplace i don't like calling it a workplace it is kind of a workplace but do you know what i mean it's not like a work stereotypical yeah, in, their, workplace. in their buildings let's say in that. their buildings yeah so within the four walls they've got like um pool tables snooker tables all of this so people can actually do their work whilst they're doing something and it just creates morale it creates team relationships right. and it's... but then let's look at the flip side of that right because you then said about google so i'm gonna go on to another company now let's look at Amazon, right, where Jeff Bezos, yeah, a man that has never seen half of the buildings he owns for a fact, right, has More banned post-it notes from every single office. Huh? He's banned post-it notes from every single office in Amazon, even though he's never visited half of them. And that's micromanagement from the top, I'm sorry. But that is the prime example of micromanagement from the top. He's never going to go into them places and yet he's banned them from using something. What the fuck? I uh, I'd be devastated. I love stick. I used to love sticky notes. I hate sticky notes. I've had this pack sat there right for fucking since I built this shed. I think probably close to eight months. As you can tell, it's not really <laughs> gone down. I just don't use them. They're just here. I they think just always just remind. Them. They just remind me of like a giant bassets, all sorts or something. You're a fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's talk about Lede Fair though, because I like it. I I believe that this is the best way to manage me for sure. Tell me what I need to get done. Tell me when I need to have it done by, and I'll do it. No yeah. worries. Just leave me alone in the process, right? Because I believe it it allows people to be creative, and this is what I was saying. Like, at no point throughout the system, right? And when I say the system, I mean societal norm or whatever the fuck you want to call it right but at no point throughout there is there a chance for us to actually get creative right like we've got i think the closest we get to choosing like to be creative in schools and in universities and colleges is like when we pick our options pretty much for like gcses that is the only time that we've got any sort of like choice in where we can become creative even in DT, even in DT, you're told what to make. Even in food tech, you're told what to cook. <laughs> and this is what I mean, right? So we're, at no point are we given creativity. Yeah? Teachers are told, teachers haven't even got the leeway to be creative, right? They're told, you have to teach this, right? This is the curriculum, this is the syllabus, teach this, right? And then we learn that, which somebody wanted us to learn. And then we go into colleges and we do exactly what we're meant to do there, right? And then we go to university, and even if we go there, we get a little bit more choice in what we do, but we still ultimately have to do that, right? So at no point are we breeding creativity in this culture, and then we wonder why everybody's so fucking miserable and upset? Well, because nobody's had a chance to be creative or express themselves, and I believe that laissez-faire allows people to have that creativity back, do you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. being given their choices back. I get that. I get that. Um, but you've just skipped straight past the disadvantages and gone on to something good, mate. Yeah, because I like it. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing like bad it. to say about it. No, I've got nothing <laughs> bad to say. I like it, man. Let's go. go on. Yeah, no, the disadvantages, though. Um, the disadvantages, I suppose, when we said in a democratic environment, like... When we said about that, it kind of builds the team relationships. In a laissez-faire environment, I feel like sometimes if you haven't got the right people and then, then people do rely on the team, 
then it can kind of exclude people from the team. They're all working on their own thing. They, the, the cohesiveness and the how they gel and how they go together just wouldn't be as good as if it was within a democratic environment. But whereas when we said the Google offices, they have pull, they have all of that. So people can play together, people can build relationships. So I suppose you can kind of counter it with what those companies are doing. But I feel just in general, it does sort of give everyone their own task. Everyone sort of just it gets on that. I'll tell you what it does, right? It gives you the ability to be... It gives you the ability to be antisocial. It gives you the ability to not talk to who you don't want to talk to. right? But that's because, like I said, it gives you all your freedoms. And sometimes, actually, you're put in this democratic environment at work. And now you've got to talk to someone who you just don't like. And that's okay. You don't have to like everyone. Right? And I'm looking at one name in particular that you used to sit next to. Right? But it's like, sometimes actually you just don't want to work with people and you get to choose who you work with. So it's not actually a bad thing because there's nothing worse, right, than being in a workplace, yeah? You know that somebody doesn't like you. You don't like somebody. And yet everybody's still, like, trying to make you talk and, like, Ah, uh, just liaise with this person. Just work with them. Actually, sometimes you just want to say, no, do you know what? I don't want to do that. Cool. If it weren't for the job, we wouldn't be friends anyway. Well, so. you know what I mean? Like, if it weren't for the job, mine and your world would never even cross. Like, in a real-world environment, they would never even cross, right? But then I guess that comes down from a point of, like, feeling or being around people who think differently, yeah? Because... We like we say that, but then in the online world, it's the same thing, right? You come across people who, in a million years, in the outside world, you might never ever come across, right? Like Newark and Kirsty, for example. I'd never, like, I'd have never found a Scottish person to be friends with. You know what I mean? But like, you come across these people, but I think that's okay because you think the same, right? Like, it's easy when you think the same. Do you know what I mean? And when you don't think the same. You don't have to. You don't have to act as if you do. Is, yeah, I get what I'm putting out. I I get it. I get it. I kind of, I kind of would explain this. I used to explain this um, how you know the online space is because obviously there's the online space. I feel like is just a filter for all these people who have got ambitions, who have got dreams. Like this, this, this whole place we're at and the community we're in. It's like a filter catching them people who actually want something out of their life. Um, but I kind of. What what did you just say, mate? Because I had a very, 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 very good point. Talking got... to people that you don't like. And Talking to people, not... exactly. So say, for example, we go for a group interview um, and there's, what, 15 of you and you're told to get in three groups of five. You're automatically going to warm to the people who you are like. You're automatically going to oh, okay, I'll, I'll be with him. We're, we're sort of the young group. We're sort of the old group. Do you know what I mean? So, like... Being in a being in a place where you're forced to get on with people is just not gonna work. It's just not, and that's what I mean. And even like down to the online space, I was listening to somebody very high up in the online space the other day, who was saying like the beauty of this is the fact that you don't have to work with everybody, and you do get to choose of who you work with, and you do get to resonate with people. Do you know what I mean? Like, so when I'm saying there's people at work who you've never come across, so you don't want to fucking speak to them, right? That's not the same as how it is online, right? Because the people that are coming to us and the people that we're communicating with, or even in the community, like the people who reach out to us and we build new connections with, right? 
they all think like us. Do you know what I mean? Like we welcome them into our space. Like I love having conversations with these people, and like it's all welcome. But when it's at work, right? You haven't employed that person, yeah? So you haven't employed them. They've been employed by somebody else, and you've been employed by somebody else. So you now you can have completely different personalities, but somebody's still going to try and make you work together. You know what I mean? Where online you're working with them then it's because you want to work with them get me i've got or like if there's that question around in your head oh everyone else has said good morning to the manager have i got to say good morning to the manager now nope no <laughs> no do you know what i mean there's always that fuck's sake like but, oh have but, i got to do this have i got to do that i'm still the smiley guy i walk in every morning right every single morning this is me i walk through the door i tell everybody that today is going to be an amazing day Every single morning. Do you know what response I get from everyone I work with? Oh, yeah. Fuck off, you cunt. That is literally number one reaction. Number one reaction is, fuck off, it's too early. I hate my life. And that is it, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, that that's used to... a fair environment, anyway. That used to be us. That used to be us. But I'm not going to repeat that story again. Yeah, let's repeat that story. Me and Jack never used to speak until 10am at work. We'd, meet, we'd see each other at 8 o'clock and we'd just stare at each other until it was time to go for a morning cigarette and coffee, and then we'd start talking at 10 o'clock and just rip the piss out of everyone, but yeah. Oh, 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 I'd just be like, I'd walk in, I'd put my, well, I wouldn't even put my bag under my desk because it got to the point where I just didn't. And he'd yeah. always do his hair in the car before work. No always hair in the car work. before work. Literally, like, everything was, like, I would get in at 8 o'clock, exactly 8 o'clock. Um... No, no later, no later, no, no, no earlier. That we never spoke for hours. You need to believe it, trust me. You two never talked for hours. Honestly, I'd walk in, Kirsty. I sort of look at Shaq, and we'd both have like slapped our face looks on our face, and we'd just look at each other. Then one, some like either me or Shaq's corner of the lips would just turn up, and we'd be like, "Just we can't take it seriously." It's just, what the so fuck is going on? Like, why have I got to listen to David complain about the fact he wants a new job? And Gemma <laughs> talk about the fact that she wants to be an accountant. Why have I got to listen to this story again? But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mental. Yeah, but go on laissez-faire again. Talk about it. Laissez-faire. Um, I feel like laissez-faire... I mean, if, if a leader chooses to implement laissez-faire, all of a sudden it can be for that leader it can be a chance to sort of push responsibility off that leader i feel like it can be a chance to be like you know you make the decisions um and then you know i'm not responsible for it all because obviously you've done your own bit yeah D does so that make sense with that like i said like i said last week i feel like it can be seen as pushing the responsibility onto if, other people if you're not qualified to give that advice in the first place you know what i mean so like howard then said that any manager, right, has literally just got to have a degree. That's all you've got to do to be a manager in anything, though. You've just got to have a degree. Not in what you're doing. Just have a degree. Just have a degree. Right? That's enough, right? So when it's like that, and they're saying, do what you want, however you want, this is the deadline, get it done, it can seem like they're pushing responsibility because they don't actually know what the fuck they're doing. right? Whereas if it comes from a place of, you know, somebody who's been there and done what you're doing, and they're saying, right, I've got my ways, but actually, do you know what? Go out there and try a couple of things and find your way to do it, how you like to do it, because then that's going to benefit you. Do you know what I mean? It completely depends on the place where it comes from. 
Yeah. And that's, that's how I kind of, like with you and me, when you come to me or I go to you, in fact, about different, different things, like, and you come to me with an ad and I'm like, just, just try it. Do you know what I mean? You can only just try it. You can't like, we don't know whether it's going to work or whether it's not going to work. Just, just go out there and try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's with anything, isn't it? It gives that chance, right? Like, people are so fucking scared of failure. I'll scream that, and I'm going to scream it again, right? People are so fucking scared of failure. Whereas laissez-faire gives you that chance to fail, right? You have to fail fast, fail often, and fail forward. Right? That is the only way to get anywhere, is to just keep failing. And yeah, laissez-faire offers that, whereas... Autocratic, yeah, autocratic doesn't actually offer that because if it fails, then it doesn't fail because of you, it fails because of somebody else, you know what I mean? So it's not actually you failing. Whereas laissez-faire, do what you want, gives you the opportunity to fail, which is actually going to progress you quicker. Uh, yeah, but like we were saying, the leader can then blame the members of staff for not completing the task sometime or, or doing that sort of thing. So there yeah. can be some negatives to it. Another negative is... That's another thing. Like, why are we punishing people for failing? Why? Why? No, I know. I why? Know. Why are we punishing people for failing? Everyone should be failing. Do you know why? Failing, you're not actually doing much, right? If you're not failing, that means you know exactly what you're doing. And if you know exactly what you're doing, you're not moving forward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's not scrutinise people for failing. Let's actually praise people for trying in the first place. And a failure is just, is, is a lesson learned. Like the more failures someone's got is the more lessons someone's learned. And that's what I mean. People never see your failures when you get the results, right? People never know how many times you failed. So I said this to someone midweek who failed their driving test, right? It's like, okay, so what do you do? You just book another driving test. Because once you've got a license, nobody knows how many times you failed. Like your driver's license doesn't say passed on third attempt on. Do you know what I mean? So you failed. So what? Go again. That, that, that is life do you know what I mean so yeah let's end on some advantages with laissez-faire um Brief like we said about creative creativity and it breeding creativity um it allows the individuals in the individual teams to create their own environment so you're not living with the what's it called the emotions that your director has pushed onto you've creating your environment you're sort of speaking to the people next you're coming up with decisions and creating relationships with them um rather than you know living your world how you're meant to live it by the director so it encourage where was i i think you'll be happier when create you're their own environment that's what i was going to yeah, say and i think that naturally breeds happier employees which, I mean, a happy employee still might not be a happy person, right? But a happy employee is better than a sad employee. And because they're able to create their own environment, they've then got the ability to like their environment, you know what I mean? Because they get to choose how it is. Whereas if you're telling them what their environment is, then if they don't like it, they just don't like it and there's nothing they can do about it, apart from moan, which is what you see yeah. a lot. And uh, you get, like, what... what what I was saying earlier, going back to how people have different experience levels as well, obviously you get the director and then you get the people below with all different experience levels. When you're running an autocratic team, obviously it doesn't allow them people to shine through. Like we said, when you're on a laissez-faire team, it allows that individual to have their own creativity and to go off and shine. And to, if the, the ones with more experience levels can get more done, 
rather than you know the one the one like you said the one without experience is just going to fail 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 and learn and eventually become that experienced one yeah for sure you have to fail to get the experience don't you let they fail offer the chance to do that because ultimately it's self-teaching that's what it is isn't it it's you teaching yourself how to get something done if you don't already know and yeah i feel feel like that's a very good thing i don't feel like that can ever be a bad thing i feel like you're watching this and you are managing people, then you need to do it. Then they fair. You need unless you unless you are somehow watching this and you're fighting in the middle of Afghanistan. Do you know what I mean? Then don't let people do what they want. Then tell people what to do. But yeah, if you're managing people, then I think you should be letting them do what they want to do. You know, even down for us as having our teams and our people that we work closely with, it's it's always like do what you want to do. Just try it. Like just just if it feels good to you, I don't know what feels good to you. And that's not coming from a place of us being like, oh, we can't be fucking bothered because we don't have to. We run our own business, you know what I mean? But just when it comes to giving people advice, come from a place of whatever you want to do is going to help you, but here's my advice, not here's what you need to do. And I learned that by mummy cuddling people when they, you know, at the start of my journey, when people started... Did you just say mummy cuddling? Yeah, well, how would daddy cuddle then? Molly... Is it not Molly Coddle? I don't know. Like Molly doesn't make sense. That's a Mo- name. Is it not Molly Coddle? Who's Molly and why is she cuddling me? No, she's, but... not, she's not cuddling. She's coddling, isn't she? Which is a completely <laughs> different thing. But yeah. Anyway, anyway um, wrapping, wrapping people in cotton wool then, if you want to say it like that. Yeah, um, yeah. When they come through, um, doing everything for them because you don't want them to fail. Um, and I had an experience with that with Ben when Ben was like, Ben used to literally be spoon fed at the start of his journey. Um, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of, like, he, he's a really good guy. I keep getting things flash up my phone. Like, he's a really good guy. He's really experienced. Like, he, he can, he know his shit now. And he knew his shit at the start. But obviously, by just entering the business, I sort of done everything for him, um, like, willingly. And then later on down the line, when I started passing on to more tasks for him, passing on, you know, things that he should be doing rather than what I should be doing, he started to do them. And then eventually he came around and was like, Jack, I'm actually like, I wish I'd been like this from the start. I wish you wouldn't have done anything for me at the start of the journey. Like, I wish I would have learned, oh, you would have just thrown me in the deep end for the whole way. Like, but it's hard to be on the end of that and it's hard to then have that person because if they do fail, you kind of feel like you're responsible for them failing. You're like, so yeah, it's, it's but at the same of, time, you're still learning, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? That's all part of everybody's process. But right, we've got two minutes left. So yeah, just to conclude, I think laissez-faire breeds creativity. I think everybody should try and be creative. I think everybody needs to know that they need to fail fast, fail often and fail forward. I think you need to know that there's a chance that you might die before your retirement age. And for that reason, you need to bring your retirement age forward and live the life you love starting from today because tomorrow isn't promised. I'm going to leave it there. Um, if you've got last final words, jump on them. And yeah, let's go. That's everything. Just just for the people watching on replay, hashtag replay on IGTV, um, listening through Spotify and Apple as well. Thank you for listening. If you do feel like you got value with it from it then please share it just with someone um whether that's just a friend a family member anyone who your can. nan will probably like listening to us as well so <laughs> exactly is there anyone anyone that you feel of benefit from just please forward it on to them and get it shared um 
but yeah, enjoy your weekend, everyone. Enjoy your Sunday tomorrow. Enjoy and Sunday. We might, be back. we might be back tomorrow if Shaq does something wrong, but hopefully we won't. So... Either way, we will not be here tomorrow. I can guarantee it. Even if I fuck this up, right, and you don't end up listening to this, which I hope you do, you're not going to see us tomorrow. Anyway, guys, see you all enjoy later. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.